Open mic crypto. Hello, Jose. Good to see you again. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Oh, good. Oh, good. We have great guests today. Eh? I'm so excited. Yes, yes. We have the CEO of uh, of Sandbox US uh, coming to uh, visit with us. So that's kind of cool. Um, got a couple of other. Uh, Guests coming from the metaverse that may jump in in with us as well. Hopefully, someone from Polygon. Kind of hard to confirm these things over the uh, Thanksgiving break, so it's going to be an exciting story as we uh, wait to see what is what is going to uh, happen and who is going to appear. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Um, please like and and follow the uh, the people who are presenting today and the guests that show up as well it's going to be a good time yeah bm i think we have matthew here just sending the, the invite to to speak very good welcome matthew we also have trunso i sent a, an invite to speak hello hello there Hi, welcome welcome Hi, Trenzo. Nice, nice to talk to you today, Matthew. You should have a speaker request. You're going to have to accept the uh, request and be on a phone in order to speak. Sometimes got to make that point. I don't know why it works exactly like that, but you can't do it on a desktop. Yeah, we should be able to use the computer. So much more comfortable. We had a proper mic, headsets. No, no, no battery going off. Yeah, it seems uh, so likely that any any improvements that they're going to make on functionality right now on Twitter are probably delayed. <laughs> so we'll we'll see uh, how likely. Yeah, but that I, I think it. But it will change, in my opinion, because I feel it's uh, intentional. Like uh -huh. it was on purpose. Uh, we have Matthew here. Welcome, Matthew. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming Please, and joining us. Joining. And happy Black Friday to you. You know, so it, it, it's it been a uh, a long uh, crypto winter, or so it feels uh, like for most of us. But, uh, you know, Metaverse is one area that has continued to grow with uh, tons of capital investments since Q1. Uh, I believe in Q1, something like a billion dollars poured into Metaverse projects. What is it that makes Metaverse so so sustaining during this period where DeFi and all and most other forms of crypto are being called into doubt, including uh, BTC taking a bit of a tumble? Well, I think it's because the uh, the Metaverse is first and foremost we are entertainment. It's about people having fun. It's about people playing games. It's about people meeting other people or attending a concert in the Metaverse and so on. So. I think it's less impacted by the, you know, uh, market turmoil, by the financial uh, issues that are, you know, that are that we see today in the crypto space. So, we we are not a financial product or a, you know, uh, a, um, a company that is tied. Of course, we are indirectly impacted by by the market. That's for sure. But at the end of the day, I think players and users they still enjoy coming to the sandbox. And and even you could even, you know, we are. Definitely a Web3 company, but we could even remove the Web3 components of the sandbox and you would still enjoy and have fun playing the game and meeting other people.
And Sandbox started out as a um, as more of a game development engine, didn't it? It originally had uh, more Web two intention before before Web three came along. Is that correct? Oh, that, that's a long story. We had um, we had uh, the company started in twenty eleven, I think, before I, I joined a long time ago, and we we had at the time a mobile game called Sandbox that was single player, 2D games, and iOS and Android game. And then the company was bought in 2018 by a, another company called Animoca. And after the sale, there was a spin-off of a new Sandbox that went from 2D to 3D, from single player to social, and from iOS to the blockchain, basically. So the, you're right, the, the, the DNA of the company is very deeply rooted in, in, into games. Uh, but today it's a uh, it's a different you know it's a different uh, company and and uh, um, the sandbox as it exists today is still you still have a lot of game mechanics whether it's um, uh, challenges or you know tournaments leaderboards quests and so on uh, but we are expanding beyond gaming today. Right. So so what has the focus been for sandbox this year? So the focus, um, the focus has been to launch. Uh, we launched two alpha season. The sandbox is still in alpha mode. We launched the first alpha season in uh, December last year. Then alpha two was launched in March, and alpha three was launched in August. And for us, it's all about you know ramping up, uh, growing, so adding more creators on the one hand, more content, and more users on the other. At the end of the day, the sandbox is a marketplace between content creators and users. And it's been about you know growing those two those two parts of the marketplace and and quite successfully this year actually. Right, it would be uh, great if Sandbox could uh, join us. By the way, that would uh, that would help in in terms of uh, letting people know through your account that uh, that the uh, Twitter Space is happening if if they um, can do that. I, but um, so, so in in terms of uh, in terms of the actual game um. Or in terms of the actual space, is your focus more on a matter of creating like a, a, an ecosystem of other creators that are using this as a game engine in order to be able to create metaverse-based games, or is the focus more on creating somehow an in-house title that will add the playability that you need in order to engage people in metaverse uh, areas? So the ultimate game is really about creating tools for others, for content creators to build whatever they want. Uh, and we're spending a lot of time building our, our tools. The, 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 our main tool is called the Game Maker. Uh, it's a free download. Uh, it's also no code. So we decided to have a no code approach. Even if you want to code, you can't. So everything is drag and drop, you know, put down menus, check boxes. Um, and this is really the long-term goal of the company. That being said, in the short term, we also sometimes we are our first. We are a first-party content developer, so we make the, some content ourselves, uh, and sometimes as well we partner with big brands uh, uh, to uh, build content. But the, the, the ultimate goal is really to let others really build whatever they want. So we are very different from a web to metaverse, like a uh, like a Roblox, for example, or uh, in that you know there is the, the the ownership of the content is really in the hands of the creators. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and yeah, we, so we, we yeah we do we do first party content from time to time, but it's more the more uh, an exception rather than the, uh, our ultimate goal. 
What about My- for the, these activations like you have going on with Playboy, Tony Hawk, and Snoop Dogg, which was just yes. uh, just advertised a few days ago? You know, it, it seems like those have been some of the most successful places for the metaverse right now in terms of doing these special events. How important are, are those events in terms of onboarding people into using metaverse? So those events, the one you see in the press is usually the ones we make ourselves or we make in cooperation with the brands. So you're right to mention Snoop Dogg and you have Gucci and Adidas and Warner Music and many, many others. And we see them as the reason we do it ourselves uh, is because uh, we see it as as a way to attract their community. Uh, And we want the sandbox to be an exciting place where you have you know, artists where you have brands, you have also individuals who you know, can bring, you know, something to the community. So we invest a lot of time and resources bringing, what, let's say, culture into the sandbox, whether it's music, movies, fashion, uh, or video games or sports or all, all these kind of things. Matthew, one, one question. With all the recent events around the FT, uh, FTX, uh, do the users lose trust in in the general industry? You 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 feel that there's like uh, less users active and new new accounts being created. What's the impact of all the recent events in your in your specific company? We, we haven't seen it yet. I'm not saying it won't happen, but we haven't seen it yet. And this is what I was mentioning at the beginning. I think people come to the sandbox. They're not coming to you know, invest or have a financial gain. First and foremost, they come to the sandbox to have fun and to make friends. So it's, it's we're less impacted by by FTX and and others than if than if we were, like, let's say, an exchange or a DeFi, you know, marketplace or these kind of things. Okay, Th- thanks. Uh, so so the 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 amounts of you the accounts created and. Everything is like not impacted by by bad news of the financial side of the industry. We haven't seen it yet. We'll see. I'll tell you. Maybe maybe you know we can talk again early next year. We'll see. I think for now it's we haven't seen it. Well, that that that's good. That's good to to be able to to get the people understand that there are different things and that they are not yeah. related because there a lot of times what it happens is that maybe people. Are, are not like super aware of the differences and they get all the yeah. same bag, you know? Oh yeah, def- I mean, yeah, we know, yeah, 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 definitely. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But so far we also have no, we have not seen any impact on, on brand partners or artists or companies to, you know, they still want to, you know, work in the metaverse and build projects in the metaverse and inside the sandbox, so. Perfect. And what, so, what's, so what's next? What, what's next? What are, what are you working on? What, what's like the, like so, the next update or? For us, the, the, the next updates or um, uh, the next big milestone for us will be a Snoop Dogg, our first live concert with Snoop Dogg that's coming, you know, sometime early next year. Uh, we will right. also launch much more content. Right now, if you play the last alpha version of the sandbox that ended in uh, beginning of November, uh, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you would have a, about a hundred experiences as we call them. And now we want to have much more uh, for 2023. 
And another big milestone for us is launching on mobile. At the moment, you can only play the sandbox on PCs and Macs, and, and obviously the mobile platform is, is much bigger and more uh, important for us. Yeah, the other way around uh, the two spaces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe uh -huh. one day, you know, we'll do, we'll do uh, VR and AR, you know, platforms, but we, we think it's a bit early for now. So I see the AR and VR platform maybe taking off in 2024 or 2025. Hmm. Okay. I mean, in, in the meantime, you know, there, there has been some skepticism expressed really just around, around the number of people actually engaging with these platforms. Obviously, if you look at, uh, at Facebook, there's there's been a lot of uh, criticism of Meta and and the enormous amount of money they've dumped into it. Um, do you think that uh, that Zuckerberg has it right that people are going to want to appear as little animated uh, li little animated characters in order to have the equivalent of Zoom meetings or the same kind of business that they might do on Slack right now? I mean, if you want to attract people to the metaverse, I am not sure that. You know, having a value proposition around business meaning is the right way to do it. Uh, it's a bit boring. I don't know if people want to do this first. I think it will happen eventually, but our approach uh, is very different between between Meta and us. Uh, we're focusing much more on the fun part, on the gaming part, on, on even, even when we do a concert or when we do something that is not purely gaming, we have uh, a gamified experience. So we think it's a better way uh, to you know, convince people to to use the metaverse. We also, the difference is that we believe in more in a multi-platform approach. So I, mean, I was mentioning PCs, Macs, and mobile, and maybe uh -huh. one day VR and AR. Whereas they are focusing mostly on on virtual reality headsets, which I think that it, it's growing, but it's still early, and it's it's. I think the technology is not there yet. Uh, and the last difference as well between us and Facebook is that uh, uh, we believe in Web three. I think. Their platform is mostly Web2 with maybe some tiny elements of Web3 into it. Uh, and we believe that, you know, uh, people should own their digital properties. And that's the purpose of an NFT. It's really a digital property rights. And, and we, think, we think creators should own what they build and, uh, 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 and that users should own what they buy or what they, what they win in, in the metaverse as opposed to big tech uh, themselves uh, owning what you build. Uh, like like a Roblox, like a Meta, for example. And it shows in our commission, you know, our tech rate is only 5% on the marketplace as opposed to Facebook claiming they want to take like 42%. I think Roblox is even more than that. Uh, or even Apple, you know, on Apple and Google, they take 30% on their stores. So it, uh -huh. it, there are fundamental differences between a Web3 metaverse and, and Web2 projects. Hmm. Is this a matter of, uh, you know, the users defining essentially how they want the, this new open territory, this kind of vast metaverse idea to, uh, to you know, how they want to use it? Are we still waiting for them to kind of show us the way in that respect? I mean, yes. At the end of the day, it's all about the users and the creators for us. So we're just building at the sandbox. We build a platform for, for creators to express themselves and for users to enjoy, you know, and, and, and have fun. So we're not too much in the way, uh, and uh, I think we we've shown we you know we had a few hundred thousand uh, active users for the last uh, uh, for the last alpha season of the sandbox. It's about the same as as Meta, what Meta has, 
with well as we have well as um, you know uh, financial means that, that, than them, and so we're quite quite happy with where we are. And we see that already players and, and creators we see they already uh, tell us you know what they want, how they want it, uh, the type of content they like. Um, so it's already happening for the sandbox. It's not you know we already have uh, users. Um, and we already generate, you know, meaningful revenues. All right. how, how many users uh, do you have on kind of a daily basis? So we we just we open uh, by season. So we had the last season was open from end of August to beginning of November, and we had about three hundred sixty thousand users during this period. Uh, with about at the time about uh, between forty and fifty thousand daily active users. Roughly, to give an idea. Okay. Well, that's great. You know, are are you getting demands for console games as well? Because that seems whenever you're you're developing in the uh, Web three space or in GameFi, it seems like that that is that is a thing that comes up. They're just coming yeah. from the specific needs of gamers. It's the kind of thing they yeah, tend we, to ask for. Yeah, we've had requests, but we we we're not actively developing this. Our our next focus is really mobile, and after that, probably will come will come consoles. Right, perfect. So, um, you know, uh, like in terms of interoperability, why don't you give, give a sense of how that works for you? I mean, from what I understand, you essentially uh, function or Sandbox has its own uh, like game gaming engine. So anybody uh, trying to work within Sandbox is developing a game or a space if it's more of a property or an experience using Sandbox's uh, SDK in order to be able to develop in your language. So uh, it, it's interoperable in the sense that it's equally open to anybody willing to to use that markup language in order to create. Is, is that correct? So interoperability is built in most of Web3 projects, but it's complicated. And let me explain you why. There okay. are several layers of, of uh, interoperability. The first one is the property of your digital assets. And those those properties, they as long as you are on a Web3 platform, especially Ethereum platform, they travel with you wherever you go. So if you buy an avatar in the sandbox or, or a car or a weapon, for example, in the sandbox, and if everything on the sandbox is an NFT, but let's say you buy an avatar and if you go to one of our competing or, you know, competing metaverse that's also built on the sandbox, let's say the central land, for example, the, the ownership will travel with you. So you will go to uh, another metaverse, you will still own this metaverse, but then it gets a bit more complicated because the, the rendering of what this NFT looks like will really depend on the platform itself. So they will have to decide... Do they want to invest time and resources uh, rendering an avatar coming from the sandbox? And the sandbox, we have this voxel style. Uh, uh, and if you go to another metaverse, that's, for example, uh, uh, high def or hyper-realistic, how do you render it? So every platform would have to do the, the work of rendering it. And the next step is how do you manage the, uh, the properties and the behavior of this item? So if, you, if your avatar has specific powers in the sandbox, how will this power be translated into another metaverse? And again, the, the issue is that the other metaverse, the other project will have to decide if they want to invest time and resources, you know, porting the, the, the look the look of the, the NFT and the, the properties of the NFTs. So 
it is possible. It just takes so it's, it's some work today. Yeah, it seems that there are a lot of GameFi projects and Metaverse projects that have talked about being able to port in between platforms. But from my understanding, from from working on um, you know a gaming a gaming dev team like th- that that requires rebuilding those resources essentially for e- for every individual platform in order to get them to work. Um, yeah, that's so. Yeah. That is, I mean, I'd rather call it bridging. So we do it ourselves. For example, we we work uh-huh. with uh, NFT project, not necessarily gaming project yet, but on NFT projects from, you know, if you're into uh, NFTs, the Bored Yacht Club and World of Women and the Cool Cats and Moonbirds and so on. So if you have one of those on your wallet and if you log into the sandbox, you will have automatically, we will create for you a 3D avatar version that you can use in the game from those uh, uh, 2D images, for example. So it's the first step, but we do it ourselves. So it's going to take time until that happens, but uh, I think over time it will be done because it's the, the, I'm a big proponent of Web3 because for me it's a non-zero-sum game. The more you work with others, the more interoperability you have between projects, the more value you create for everybody. Uh, so I think we have a vested interest in, in working with others, including competitors. Um, uh, and I think it will be good for, for everyone. But you're right, it takes time, it takes resources. We're just at the very beginning. But at least, you know, we're going there as opposed to Web2 Metaverse. I don't think you can import anything from Roblox into Fortnite or the other way around today. Um, and I don't think right. they want it. Uh, or right. go way back to World of Warcraft, you know. It's, it's, it's everything you, you built is really stuck inside the uh, in, in the hands of, of those big tech companies as opposed to web three. If we think so, in ten sorry sorry Justin uh, no, do you want to make the question or no go 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 if you think in ten years from now where do you see the industry the metaverse so I, industry I I think you will still have a the web two metaverse industry you know uh, still doing okay Minecraft, uh, uh, Roblox, Fortnite, and a bunch of others, they will still be fine. I don't think they will have an explosive growth. They will probably plateau. They will still make money, but they will stay there for a very long time, but they won't be interoperable. And I think the main growth will come from Web3 companies, us and others. Um, and I, I, I see five to 10 years ago, I see people spending more time in the metaverse, maybe a few hours per day, we don't believe that the metaverse will replace reality. Okay, we we're not we're not proponent of this you know Ready Player One vision, this nightmarish dystopian future where one company controls everything and, and people spend most of their time in, in the metaverse. We think we're not here to replace reality. We're here to complement or augment reality. But so hopefully we'll have people spending a few hours in the metaverse uh, and inside our metaverse, but also going to others. Do you think that can become a complementary experience to reality? I mean, obviously, over time, uh, social media and Web2 in general has provided a lot, a lot of the same kinds of things. Uh, new opportunities to connect and collaborate, make friends, make, uh, make business connections and so forth. Um, do you see a future for Sandbox and for the metaverse overall where people are making uh, similar levels of connections, uh, being able to extend their own lives. Exactly. I think it's, it's, you're totally right. I mean, the Web2 hasn't replaced reality. Actually, I would even argue that Web2 you know, helps people to meet other people, make friends, develop business opportunities. People still go to 
coffee places, they still travel by plane uh, and they still want to meet other people. So I think it will enhance uh, uh, our existing you know, uh, life and it will help us find other people, build businesses that don't exist today. We believe that a lot of jobs will be created in the sandbox and other metaverse that really don't exist, whether you can be a virtual gardener or a virtual host or a builder or a virtual architect, for example. Um, and yeah, we, we don't believe it's going to replace reality. It's just going to, you know, uh, be built on top of it. And be some of the enhanced experiences. Well, um, I mean, th that, that's that's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, where you take it. Well, I'm, I'm just gonna, since we're at almost midway, I'm just going to let everybody know. Please go ahead and tweet out the spaces. We're going to get more people joining. Please go ahead and follow uh, J Rod and I and and Benzinga and Matthew, of course. And and thank you so much for uh, coming out, and listening to us today. Also, uh, be aware that on. December seventh, uh, the future of crypto show is happening, and we're going to have lots of intelligent conversations like this about Web three, including NFTs and and other uh, other use cases within the DeFi space. We, uh, if you DM uh, J Rod or I, Jose or I, we will be glad to help you get a discount code because there's still about two more weeks ish to try and uh, attend. So, New York City, December seventh. Um, with, with with my little plug uh, uh, done, uh, let, let's let's get back to sandbox. Um, you know what do you see as the central um, issue that metaverse has to overcome in order to uh, drive adoption? Because certainly, anytime you've got a, a, a brand new way of doing things. There's resistance uh, to it. There's yeah. resistance to, to users and changing their behavior, which is, you know, uh, anecdotally thought of as being kind of one of the hardest things to change is actual user behavior. Uh, what what is what is sandbox? How is sandbox uh, trying to approach that? I think I mean we have multiple challenges. What one of the biggest for us is the um, the onboarding of of new users. I mean, and I think it's an issue for the for the Web three industry in general. You know, onboarding non technical users is still too difficult. There is still too much friction. People don't understand the concept of wallets and custodial, non custodial, and recovery and seeds. It's it's very complicated. So we're spending a lot of time trying to make the onboarding much much easier and smoother than what we have today. I think it's our primary, you know, uh, challenge number one. And it's not easy because the not not everything is ready in terms of tools, and uh, so I think it's not we can't do everything by ourselves. So we also rely on on you know like MetaMask also making progress in in onboarding users because we use MetaMask among others. Uh, I think it's challenge number one for us, and we're spending a lot of time on this. Then it's about convincing creators, uh, which is you know uh, doing well, uh, and then attracting more users. A lot of GameFi uh, projects, in order to increase their uh, chances of attracting a larger audience for something meant to be closer to a AAA gaming experience, um, have offered like Web 2 on-ramps into their game, specifically not requiring you to sign up for a wallet in order to be able to yeah. participate and so forth, even creating functions where they maintain a wallet for you on the back end so that you can 
begin the play to earn or play to own journey without having uh, gotten your wallet. You can't get the rewards until you open up a wallet, but you can begin to play and begin to collect. Is, is there any approach similar to that for, uh, for a sandbox in terms of, uh, make, you know, decreasing resistance to onboarding uh, new users? Yeah, definitely. We're doing that as well. And, uh, you know, we're trying to improve this all the time. It's, it's, I don't think we are, for ordinary users, I think GameFi is still a bit difficult, but I think progress is being made every day. So I'm very, very hopeful for, you know, that in a year or two or so now, it's going to be uh, as easy to get into a Web3 game as, as what it is today to, to go into a Web2 game. Huh. So a lot of the activations that you've done, as you mentioned, the ones that are specifically in partnership with Sandbox and then get the most promotion directly from Sandbox um, revolve around activations, many of which involving uh, people like Snoop, who are, are kind of like have known celebrity uh, outside of Web3, of course. Um, you know, what happens to these? Like, do we end up with a situation in Sandbox where we have kind of the equivalent of a bunch of uh, Olympic stadiums, like where you've got the kind of these elaborate buildings or experiences that are built for a specific purpose. And then once that time period around that purpose has passed, what becomes of that property? Do they stay around forever? Are there, is it, uh, you know, like for those who like to go uh, cruise MMOs that are more or less abandoned, sometimes people like actually kind of like to do that, like a little bit of urbex exploring, but in MMOs that aren't being maintained anymore. Um, what is the fate of of these properties? Do they get turned off until they're needed again? Do they get repurposed, or do they remain accessible a- after the period of the event, uh, and uh, you know possibly become little ghost towns or or maybe effective destinations under their under their own? I don't know. So when we work, I mean specifically about Snoop Dogg, for example, uh, the. Uh, we are building, it's not one experience. We're building multiple activation with him. And a concert is one one of them, but uh, we're building a Snoopverse. We have released, you know, the, uh, the, the Doggies, uh, which is a collection of 10,000 avatars. So um, we are not interested in having one-time event just with, with musician because of what you said. We don't want the sandbox to become a ghost town. So... Everything we do with whether it's with Snoop Dogg or Warner Music or uh, Adidas, it's 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 meant to be uh, accessible outside. I mean, when we're not fully open twenty four by seven, right? We just open for Alpha season. The next one is coming next year, uh, and we want people to always have something interesting to come and, and when they come and, and and play inside the sandbox. So we're not building for one time events. There will be one time events. Like concert, that they're usually part of a bigger project. Uh-huh. If I look at big builders like uh, Vayner Three or like Land Vault, uh, it claims to be the the biggest uh, builder in in the in the metaverse. Um, you know, they've been doing pretty well in terms of just onboarding mainstream brands that are looking for a way to extend both their brand, reach reach new audience, and also create new transactional opportunities. Have you seen um, 
first of all, are you, are you deluged with those kinds of requests being being obviously one of the the top uh, metaverse uh, platforms? And uh, has there been any notable change in that or any cooling in that to go along with uh, the crypto and NFT bear market that we've been experiencing? Uh, we, we, you're right. We have a deluge of, of you know, brand partners coming to us. Uh, and and we, we always tell them, you know, during the first meetings that they can build everything themselves. We have, they have the tools. They can buy a piece of land in the sandbox. It's not that expensive and they can build with the, the game maker. Um, and we even have a list of about 250 studio builders who can, you know, they can work with. But often they, they insist and they want to work with us directly and we can build experiences ourselves. We have our own teams doing this. Uh, and we haven't seen any slowdown in, in interest from, from big brands. They're still, you know, uh, uh, banging at the door and uh, to the point where we sometimes have trouble, you know, uh, managing so many requests even today. And that hasn't changed with the cooling of NFT no. prices and the overall decrease in Web3. It's it's interesting. It's interesting to see what people have uh, have maintained kind of a sharp interest in. It, you know, is everyone just kind of waiting for this uh, gigantic um, potentiality of uh, of metaverse to to blow up? Is, is, are they are they all kind of waiting for that turning point where it becomes a mainstream thing? I think it's it's not fully mainstream yet, but uh, I think you, you we're saying sign that it, it's it's about to become mainstream, um, and we have a growing you know user base, and also the the types of right now we have four verticals or four industries that are very active in the sandbox. Number one is gaming, obviously, we're working with Ubisoft for example to to port some of their games. Number two is um, entertainment, music, movies mostly, and number three uh, number three is other NFT and Web3 project, and number four is digital fashion and luxury goods. Um, and what is interesting is I was wondering why those four industries are very active in the sandbox. And my, my opinion is that it's because usually those companies are very good at picking up consumer trends before everybody else. This is how they live. This is how they thrive. It's, you know, understanding new trends. Um, and this is the reason why I think they are today inside the sandbox and, and others. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you know, when you look at it having, you know, being being quite old myself and, and having been writing about tech long enough that I, that I was writing about um, Second Life when it was when it was coming about, for example, um, mm -hmm. although I, I understand it's kind of hanging in there. It's made a sort of a comeback as uh, uh, positioning itself as kind of a metaverse experience. I've run into that once or twice. Um, you know, looking at VR chat, looking at uh, Second Life, looking at the short-lived Network Sims game, for example, or even what developed in, in communities of many, many MMOs, which, which kind of became mm -hmm. as much about the community as about the game. What lessons do you take away from, from those? They certainly must be regarded as um, forerunners in some way for what's what's being done now. Um, you know what? What were their what? What can you learn from them, and what were the limitations that they ran into that Sandbox is going to do differently? So um, those platforms, for example, we can talk about Second Life. They 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 were a pioneer maybe twenty years ago. I don't remember exactly when they launched, and and they were all the rage at the time. Uh, and people assumed that they they went away, but it's still they still exist today. And I think they're still okay. 
Um, and, and it's really a testament to the power of the community, community building, as you, as, as you just mentioned. So, and, and either other, you know, MMOs where you could consider them like early, early metaverse in a way. And, and, and even companies like Roblox is a metaverse or, or Fortnite and, and others. Uh, and the, the, the positive lesson is that those platforms have, were able to build long-lasting you know uh, communities it works people really want to meet online they want to have they, they people are okay living um uh or walking around in a 3d space with usually a, an avatar representing them but that's the positive where, where they failed some of them failed is they probably were too early in uh Technology, I think uh, uh, bandwidth maybe may have been a constraint in the time, uh, 15 or 20 years ago. The power of the, the, the CPUs and GPUs were, were not as powerful as what they are today. Um, and also, I think they were missing what we consider a, a fundamental element of, of long-term success for Metaverse is the Web3 component. It's, it's the digital ownership. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and this is... Today possible with, with with Web3 and cryptocurrencies. Maybe if if you know Bitcoin and Ethereum and others had existed when when uh, Second Life launched, and if if it was part of the Second Life product, maybe they would have you know uh, grown bigger and bigger. Who knows? Uh, I think it's it's for me it's a big lesson. Is is digital property rights really do matter? Uh, and if we have to spend a lot of our time in there, uh, it's even more important. You know, uh, a lot of exchanges right now or anybody that custodies, receives or handles customer funds in any way have felt the need to put an extra focus on transparency, understandably, after the uh, debacle and alleged fraud around uh, FTX and Alameda. Um, So you've got lots of DeFi projects scrambling to uh, show the reserve and whatnot. Um, how does Sandbox main uh, transparency with its audience? So we have we have only a few wallets that, are, that, are, that people can look at. They see you know the uh, the ins and outs. Uh, we don't keep. I mean, we're different from a, people don't deposit their money with us. It's really it's it's consumable. So they buy something or they use something. I think we're a different beast than than, than an exchange or a DeFi platform. But uh, you can you can look at our uh, wallets and you can see what's happening. It's 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 you know it's it's open. It's out there. Has there been any any response from Sandbox in reference to FTX? I mean, it, it's I, I think when a a failure that's quite so big happens like that, it 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 causes people to feel that they need to say something. I don't know if if FTX has said something in response to that. No, we haven't. I mean, we don't feel the need. To be, we're not. We're not impacted. We're not involved. We are mostly an entertainment platform uh, rather than a financial one. Uh, what's happening is, I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. It's really bad. But uh, you know, uh, we don't think we are really uh, remotely involved in this. You know, for for gaming, do you think that the uh, decrease in uh, 
in NFT prices overall? Like, doesn't that create a dynamic that's actually a little bit better for gaming? Is it better for Metaverse as well? Because, like, having a token entry around, you know, $150,000 NFT, for example, is prohibitive to most people. But uh, if, if we're, it's easier to build communities when you've got, uh, you know, a floor price of $100 or $10 or whatever, and it gets to be more like an experience that, that online users are used to. Um, do you think that ultimately with uh, the deflation of uh, or the semi-collapsing, I kind of imagine like, like a balloon running out of air, like sort of uh, folding in uh, of these prices and some of the higher end projects, does that create an environment that's actually more advantageous uh, uh, for Metaverse and for uh, GameFi? I think it, it will help um, uh, as well as, you know, we, we're migrating to Polygon, for example, which is an L2 um, blockchain and, and the transaction fees are much, much smaller now. I, th I think it will help. I agree with you and, and it's going to make everything more affordable for everybody. What what drove the decision to transition to Polygon? I, I've, I've interviewed them, obviously. It, it, it's a great project for sure. And, and it's been... Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, standing outside of all of the, all of the mess that's that's happened over, over the past six months or so. What, what were the advantages for Sandbox in terms of working off uh, working off Polygon? So several ones. The the first one is the environmental impact. Uh, even so, you know, Ethereum has moved to a proof of stake, so it, it's even better now. But uh, we've we've had a lot of people telling us, "Oh, I don't do NFTs. I don't want to do GameFi because of the environmental impact. It's bad." And, it was one way to respond to this, and I think this 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 one is largely behind us now. I, I'm I'm not um, I don't hear a lot of people complaining about this uh, those days anymore. Uh, number two for us was to uh, really reduce transaction fees. And if you we are selling inside the sandbox, you know, it's a bit like uh, items in a mobile game. We're selling items that are worth like a few dollars, and if you have transaction fees that are tens of dollars or hundreds of dollars, it doesn't make sense. So that was really a way for us to make the transaction fees in line with our business model. So that was very important. We were able to uh, migrate to, to Polygon. Um, by the way, everyone, uh, if you have any questions, please feel to raise your hand. We'll, we'll be glad to uh, try and take a couple of questions uh, in, in the next 20 minutes or so. Um, you know, it, it is uh, Black Friday today, after all, Matthews, which here in the U.S. at least, I think is nearly as big as as, as Thanksgiving <laughs> in terms of yeah. people celebrating it. Uh, I know that you weren't prepped for this question. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. So I understand if you don't have an uh, answer on hand, but is there anything special going on within uh, the Sandbox ecosystem, that Black Friday related, that, that you want to let people know to go and check out? Actually, there is. We launched a new land sale. Uh, we launched it yesterday, and it's, it was open yesterday. Uh, and, you know, we, we have about 166,000 plots of land in the sandbox. Two-thirds have been sold, and we release them from time to time. So, and yesterday, we did a big, big announcement. So we, we call this the California Wave, and you can buy digital properties around big brands. Uh, in, in, and it's happening, was happening yesterday and today, so... Around uh, big brands, what 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 do, you, what do you mean by that? Around big brands, so, uh, let's say you are Tony Hawk or Facebook, for example, which we announced, and you can buy properties around their own properties. So you become essentially you become a neighbor of those big brands, and they're usually very valuable. 
people really are, you know, spend a lot of money to become an artist neighbor or a big brand neighbor, for example. Right. So uh, as someone like this is assuming that Kodak or L'Oreal or whoever has a uh, a physical space uh, in, the, in the metaverse, you want to be next to whatever uh, experience they create as a as a way yeah. to if, if tourists are visiting their site, they can walk over and visit yours as well. Um, you know, a question, though, since, since in theory, uh any any digital space is um you know hypothetically infinite i i mean i i shouldn't throw around the word infinite too much because i'm sure there's some limitation i'm probably not thinking of but really quite expansive at the very least uh, how do you determine the number of available uh plots of land that you have when you do a sale is it all a matter of balancing out scarcity in order to maintain value or what is that equation based on so from day one, part of the smart contract, we have a finite amount of land. Uh, and and I was, as I was saying, it's about 166,000 plot of land. They are, each of them are about 2.5 acres, seen from an avatar's perspective. And altogether, they're about the size of Los Angeles, to give you an idea of how big the sandbox is. Um, and we've, we've sold two-thirds of it. Uh, and now... In, in, we sold two thirds of, of the land in about three years, and and we've become much more conservative when selling land. Uh, there is no equation. We just want to focus on building experiences on top of the land rather than the land themselves. The land themselves are worth nothing if you don't build, you know, activity or whether it's a game, whether it's a concert, whether it's a business, whatever you want to build on it. Um, and so uh, uh, it's it's just us deciding. You know, we've we've become very uh, very stingy. We just release a few hundred lands per month now. Hmm. Right, because I imagine you have to protect that scarcity. Yeah, to some exactly. degree. Yeah, yeah, and also we want to yeah we want to last another couple of years before we we sell all the lands. You know, I, like. I of course think in terms of GameFi a lot. I'm I'm on a, a a dev team for a Web two MMO that I've been developing for the past six years, so so I'm I'm big I'm big into game related questions, but obviously the metaverse phenomenon shouldn't be uh, viewed just through the rubric of gaming itself. Besides gaming, what else uh, you know do, do you think has arisen as being an important way to encourage uh, people to come join the space and to interact with the space, taking ga games themselves out of the equation, you know, what else are people uh, showing up for? So we think that eventually, you know, five, 10 years from now, maybe every part of, or every aspect of the real world will have some form of it inside the sandbox and other metaverse. Uh, and of course, it won't be exactly the same, or it won't have the same impact. But we think everything will we will will still have some form of it. Right now, uh, as I was mentioning, digital fashion and luxury goods is very very active, and the reason is that uh, like you know, in the real world, people use fashion and, and luxury goods to as a signal, uh, as a social signal, telling others you know who they are, how great they are. Sure. And it turns out it, it translates very well into into metaverse and online. People are ready to spend big bucks on sneakers and hats and, and NFTs, I mean, NFTs that really show, and they can flex and they can show who you are. The first time maybe you go to the sandbox, maybe you just don't think much of, you know, your avatar and you choose like a default avatar. But as, as you spend more and more time, you realize this is how others are seeing you 
And you're like, oh, wait a second, maybe I should invest time and resources into making, you know, this avatar much more personal and show who I am and show my values and how cool I am. So that's that's why people spend really a lot of money on, on digital fashion. Um, mm-hmm. As I was saying as well, we have a lot of uh, people interested in, in besides gaming and attending, you know, being entertained. So uh, people like to, you know, interact with musicians, with celebrities, attending concerts. Uh, we also are very active in, in uh, building experiences that are spin-offs of movies. We've announced a deal with Lionsgate, for example. So that's, that's what's already happening today and, and more long-term. Um, uh, I think everything from, you know, socializing, dating, education, working, it will come to, to the metaverse. You had a big crypto ween event uh, starring Paris Hilton, and I thought that was kind of fun. the uh, The whole idea of crypto ween, since I think if if the Web three space was going to embrace any holiday, Halloween seems like a good fit for that. Um, you know, how many people actually attended that event? Do you know? I don't have it on top of my head, uh, uh, but uh, I, I would have to research it. I, I don't know. It was actually a very good thing for us. It's what I was mentioning. People are users are really interested in, in being able to interact with celebrities and musicians. And in this uh-huh. case, you know, uh, uh, Paris Hilton has a very strong following, you, you know, user base. She's sure. Very, very popular. She's very iconic. So it, it helps us also attract a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, well, you know, what would be an implementation that you feel particular since you're, you're in a very uh, rarefied position at the, at the head of, of one of the two major, uh, one of the two major platforms, um, you know, what do you regard hopefully on Sandbox's platform as an excellent and successful implementation that lived up to the, uh, if not the full potential of, of the uh, metaverse, which probably hasn't been re- lived up, hasn't been reached altogether at this point in time, but lived up to the potentiality that exists today. Uh, I think if I, I'm trying to remember our most successful experiences in alpha season three, I think, Snoop Dogg was, was a big one. People really love, you know, uh, walking around, you know, uh, a Snoop Dogg house and interacting with him. People really do- love the, uh, the the doggies, the, the avatar collection that we released. The Warner Music experiences was also very successful. We as musicians like Stueco, for example, which was part of the experience and, and it was very, very successful. Um, we did... Um, uh, we, we did a bunch of experiences. Gucci was did very well as well. Uh, it was launched towards the end of the season and people really enjoyed it. You could, you know, some people were able to win digital handbags from Gucci. We had limited edition and people were really uh, playing hard to, to, to win those. So I think it's the early days, but you can see already that, you know, brands and, and celebrities uh, are building meaningful and interesting experiences that people enjoy playing. Uh-huh. Um, what do you look forward to happening in the metaverse? Like, wh- what what is what is the ideal vision to you? It seems like anytime you're pushing a, a a disruptive technology, leadership has to have a sort of vision of where they want it to be because you're creating something for the first time. So, in an ideal world, what what are you, what do you see as uh, as the successful development and furtherance of the metaverse space? 
it's everything we said before. So I, I see successful metaverse will be easy to get in. Uh, it will be also interoperable and it will be multi-platform. So you can really come in, you know, go in, get out of the platform whenever you want. Uh, you don't feel you are um, uh, handcuffed to the platform. You can go wherever you want and you just spend your time. I'm sorry. I think you kind of blanked out there. You still with us? I think maybe you got muted or something. Okay. Well, everyone, remember December, December 7th, New York City at Pier 60, the future of crypto uh, conference being sponsored by or uh, put on by Benzinga. We're going to have a number of different uh, wonderful topics we talk about there, in, including uh, Metaverse. If you're interested in NFTs and DeFi and Metaverse projects, GameFi, we, we've definitely got something for you. Um, Matthew, you back with us? Yes, I don't know what happened. We got disconnected for a few, a few seconds. I'm back. It, it's it's always a little janky. The the Twitter Spaces platform is always a little buggy, and I bet isn't going to get any better since they fired most of their most of their developers. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to see how how this goes over the next little while. In the meantime, we're just grateful that it works and so forth. Um, so. Do you have like where should people be watching? Should they just follow the uh, the sandbox account in order to uh, you know get the latest on any, any sponsored events or other content that's being put up? Yeah, yeah, just to follow the uh, the Twitter account. Go on sandbox.game as well. It's the you can put your your email and we'll tell you when something happens and when we launch a new season. I really encourage everyone to go to sandbox.game, download the the, the game client. It's free. You don't need, you know, any financial investment. You can have fun without paying anything. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll let you know when when the next uh, season is going to be launched. Do you have any retailers uh, doing anything for Black Friday? I'm I'm kind of trying to get a sense of how many active spaces you have that are not not just being turned off at the end of a specific event, but maybe ongoing. Uh, we have um, we have mini. Even when we turn off the, the the content or the platform between season, we still have mini content that's available. I don't know which one is available today, but you can check. Um, and uh, we're really working hard towards the, the next season, you know, sometime early next year. How many years do you think it will be before, uh, you know, VR essentially changes the game and, ex and expands what the metaverse is capable of doing? Will it have an effect, uh, you know, a major impact on the types of experiences that users are going to be interested in? Um, I think it's hard to say. I think you, the, the market is, you can see the market is taking off. You see the, uh, if you look at the, the, the growth of Oculus, for example, uh, it's not called Oculus anymore, but the, um, from, from Meta, I think you can see it, it's tech, it's finally taking off. Um, it's not yet, yet mass market. Uh, my opinion is that it's going to be maybe at least two or three years from now uh, uh, when we really see the technology, you know, uh, being mature enough so that really the, the, the mainstream users can uh, use that. It's, it's going to take a while. I think I'm also very interested to see what Apple will announce sometime you know, next year, apparently. Um, and this also could be a game changer for the market and accelerate the, uh, the user adoption.
What do you think holds people back from uh, from VR? Is it a matter of the form factor? You know, as, as much as Amazon tries tries to make the Oculus look cool in their pictures, it's still a little bit clunky to wear. It's very bulky. Uh, it, I mean, for me, for example, every time I use it, I still get a bit motion sickness. So I think the technology has to improve a little bit uh, to remove that for, from some people like me. I, I don't think everyone really experienced that, but some people do. Uh, a bit bulky. The I think the, maybe the screen resolution is not there yet. Uh, you need to increase screen resolution. Uh, it's got, I, I, you can see if you try the latest uh, Oculus Pro, and I've tried it, you can see one day it's going to work. You see, you see the path forward. It, it, it really, there is something there. It's just it's not ready yet, but it's we are on the way, and I don't and I don't know how long it's going to take. Maybe two years, three years, mm-hmm. years. Who knows? Really hard to predict. Do you ever feel any sandbox? Of course, is using like an eighteen bit or a sixteen bit art style, uh, kind of reminiscent of, of what Minecraft sort of originally famously uh, established. But e- even Minecraft has expanded and added other uh, specialty blocks and so forth in order to make things a lot flashier than they were at uh, at, Ro- at at their original launch and of course Roblox expanded a little bit beyond that um do you since you're working with people like Paris Hilton and fashion houses and so forth have you felt any pressure to um incorporate realistic or uh, you know realistic is subjective but more realistic uh 3D style rendering like uh, incorporated, if not actually switch over art styles. I, I've I've spoken to other pro- like uh, um, Wilder World has gotten to be a top five project, and they they uh, claim that they're doing the only realistic five D rendering and so forth. But of course, that that kind of gives me horrors because I've been uh, I've been working on a you know a three D semi-realistic kind of comic book style MMO for like six years. And, and I look at that and think, Oh my God, what, what an incredibly difficult thing to develop, launch and support. Uh, You know, has there been any pressure to, uh, to open up uh, your art style? And is that something you would ever consider? Not too much pressure. So you can already render photos, for example, inside the sandbox. Uh, and uh, um, the um, uh, uh, and it, 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 it will coexist between um, between uh, the, the the pixel art style that we have and the um, uh, and, and hyperrealistic, but we don't want to go hyperrealistic for many reasons. The first one is, I think, hyperrealistic will feel dated very very quickly as technology improves. Uh-huh. Uh, it's gonna be uh, uh, it's gonna be hard, uh, um, and also the reason we went for this uh, this style is really because we um, the pixel pixelated artwork is really helping creators to do uh, to build something easily and and that's not too costly. And if you build a metaverse around being hyper realistic, the bar to create content, especially for UGC content, is so high. That very uh-huh. few people can afford it. You need special 3D modelers and lightning experts, and it's really hard. Whereas with us, uh, it's like Lego bricks. You know, it's easy to assemble, no manual needed, no programming needed. 
because we really want to tap into the vast potential of, of people's, you know, uh, creative minds. Sure. Well, and, and it's much easier to, uh, if I want to create an avatar of Justin, it would be a lot more complicated even in like uh, Sims 4 than it would be yeah. in, in Roblox. I change the hair, add a beard, add glasses, there I go, that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, it's been a rough year for many people. We, we are here in, in the middle of the holidays. You know, uh, I, I'm not sure how invested in the crypto and NFT space you are personally, but, you know, what, what is your perspective on this bear market? Why, why don't you end us with, with some uh, optimistic words, if you have them, for the, uh, for the current state of things? I mean, I've been in the space since really actively since 2017. So for me, it's not the first bear market. Um, and uh, I think it will pass. You know, it's just you have to wait. Um, we have a lot of macroeconomic headwinds with the war in Ukraine, inflation, interest rates. But they won't last forever, hopefully. There will, there will be a time when uh, this will go away. And, and I think the, the, the macroeconomic environment will become better for us. And also, as time goes by, I think it's, you know, in the next couple of years, a lot of companies are still building very interesting projects. They're still attracting a lot of talents. And, and uh, I'm convinced, you know, we'll, we'll see a lot of innovation coming out of this uh, bear market like it always does. So um, it's not fun, uh, but nothing you can do about it. And, you know, keep your heads down and build great stuff. And in a couple, you know, 18 months from now, maybe two years from now, I think we'll, we'll, we'll come out of this stronger. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Please bear in mind. Oh, actually, we have a Black Friday special uh, offer on uh, tickets to the Future of Crypto event in New York City on December 7th for today. Tickets are half price. Honestly, it's a relatively uh, low price to begin with, even, even in the second round. And we have a lot of people attending. We have uh, Algorand, Filecoin. We've got Splinterlands, Infinite World. <clears throat> That's in my GameFi uh, summit. We've got um, we've got Polygon attending. Uh, we've got Cosmos and Osmosis attending. Please, everyone, uh, spread the word. Get get your chance to get a ticket half off today. Thank you so much for joining us. Please go a go ahead and follow uh, Matthew and uh, Jose and myself. Um, we will be doing another crypto uh, open mic spaces on Tuesday and Thursday at noon ET. I think that a lot we we switched today to Friday, of course, because of Thanksgiving. I think we're also running into the fact that most people are probably off today, but that's okay. We really appreciate you coming out to uh, to show us love, and we hope that you have a fantastic day. Jose, is there anything that you would like to add? No, I would like to thank Matthew for joining. It was a super interesting chat. Great questions, Justin, and the replies amazing. Um, I'm sure we will make some articles around those quotes but because we had some good content here. Uh, well, it's a pity it's a holidays. Maybe we had not so much crowd and maybe we don't have people from the from the audience joining and asking directly questions to Matthew, but I'm sure we can do it another day uh, again, another another one, Matthew can join. But I think we had great quotes and uh, it was a super chat. Thanks, Matthew, for joining. 
Thank you for having me, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Have a great bye day. Bye. Take care, everyone. Peace.